I'm News Nation senior national correspondent Brian Enton, and every week I'll take you behind the scenes of my life on the road, working on the big stories you care about the most. Here's where I'll share all the great interviews that don't make the final cut. Some might be funny, some might be strange. They're all a part of the puzzle I'm putting together every day to inform you. This is Enton Across America. Hey everybody, hope you're having a good week uh, wherever you are around the country or the world listening. Uh, I'm actually in Chicago this week, which has been awesome. The weather here in the summer is just beautiful. Managed to get outside, run along the lake. Um, it's been really, really nice, especially compared to how hot it is where I'm from uh, in, in Miami. I'm in Chicago this week, um, filling anchoring. It's kind of rare for me. Normally I'm out on the streets and covering stories all over the place and kind of living out of a car. But what's cool is in the summer, uh, the anchors will go on vacation. So, you know, Chris Cuomo, Ashley Banfield, Dan Abrams, uh, they'll get a, get a break, which they deserve because they work so hard uh, the rest of the year. So I get to come in and fill an anchor, which is kind of cool. I feel like I'm uh, at, at the big kids table uh, doing the fill-in anchoring, um, but but it's pretty cool. So I'm in Chicago uh, right now, filling in for for Ashley Banfield while uh, while she is on vacation. But wanted to talk to you guys about an issue that's come up um, has to do with the murders in Moscow, Idaho. Of course, the the murders involving the four University of Idaho students. Uh, if you've been following the case, Brian Koberger um, is charged with with the murders. The only suspect. The issue right now, though, is the house where the murders happened at 1122 King Road in Moscow is set to be demolished. Uh, we've talked about this before. It's come up before. Um, basically, what happened is the owners of the house who were renting it to the college students donated the house to the University of Idaho, which is which is right there. The house is right next to the campus um, after the murders. And the University of Idaho has made the decision to tear down the house. They've said this before, and it still hasn't been torn down, but now it actually seems really, really imminent because there's been work crews out there finishing emptying out the house, the windows are boarded up, um, and the University of Idaho says that they do plan to tear the house down pretty soon, sometime over the next month or so. Um, and it's it's an issue for, the, for most of the victims' families who have spoken out about it. Um, they're concerned that the house should not be demolished before Brian Koberger's trial uh, because it's possible that the jury could want to see the house. And, and we've seen that happen before. Uh, we saw it happen as recently as with the, with the Murdoch trial um, in South Carolina. The jurors went out and had a visit to the property, the Moselle property there, uh, with the Parkland shooting in Florida. The jury um, for, you know, Nicholas Cruz was on trial there for, for that awful tragedy in Parkland where 17 people were killed at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School. When, when the, um, the killer there went on trial, uh, the jury went out to the school. They left it standing. It was, you know, closed off for the last five years, but they left it standing and they went out and they, um, they, they toured the school. So these jury visits do happen. Um, and the concern here is if they tear down the house before the trial, before Koberger's trial in Idaho, could that be an issue? Would the jury want to see the house? Um, you know, there, there are interesting things about the house. It's tri-level. There are interesting things about the acoustics of the house that the jury may want to hear for themselves. Uh, for themselves. So that's the concern of the families. Um, but despite their concerns, and the university did ask for input on this from the families, but despite those concerns, the university has still made the decision that the house will be torn down. It's also interesting that officially the prosecution and the defense in the case uh, have not 
come forward and and try to stop the house from being torn down, uh, which is obviously disappointing to the families. They wanted to stay up, especially since the trial is set to happen, as of now at least, um, at the end of this year. So it's not like the house would have to stay up for that long. Talk about Parkland again. Um, kind of a similar situation in the sense that it was a building on a school campus, uh, Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School. I've been there many times covering the Parkland tragedy. Um, and basically they, they decided that they could not tear the building down because of the trial that was going to happen. So they put a fence around the building. They put tarps up. They put pictures of the victims. And the students are sort of, yes, it was sad, but they had to kind of live with that for the last five years walking by that building until um, – until the trial happened, and now finally they will be tearing that building down. In Idaho, the university has basically said that it's hard for the students having that house still there. Um, it's distracting, it's sad, uh, and that's one of the reasons they want it to be torn down. But again, in Parkland, it was also sad, but they just sort of lived with it for five years, knowing that it was important for the criminal justice process. So I talked to um, Kaylee Gonzalez's family. Kaylee, of course, is one of the victims. I talked to, to the family attorney, Shannon Gray, uh, about why he thinks there is this rush to tear down the house. Uh, I mean, what, what, what's the deal in Moscow? Why has this become such a big deal? I really can't explain it to you. Um, it seems very commonsensical. Um, what a privilege it might it is to the University of Idaho to be able to just demo the place and move on. That's not something the victim's families um, or even the community has the opportunity to do. But they've taken this stance where we want to know what you think, but then we don't really want to listen to what you think if it doesn't agree with our line of what we want to do with the house. So I, it's beyond me and it's beyond the families, uh, the Gonzalez family in particular, uh, about why they're demoing the house, why they're moving so fast. I think we've expressed you know, over and over again to them that it's important to just keep the house there just in case someone needs it. And then when the trial's over, do whatever you want with it, you know? And the response has basically been, you know, victims' families spend legal money to give us a legal argument on why we shouldn't have to be able to demo the house which I find is just absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, it's interesting that they that they asked the families what they thought, and even hearing from, from most of the families that they didn't want the house to be demolished, they're still going forward with it anyway. Can the prosecutors do anything? I mean, obviously the families are in close contact with, with the prosecution. Can, can they not step in and say, hey, can you guys just, you know, wait six months or so? Well, I think that's part of the non-dissemination order, right? I'm an attorney that's involved. I can't comment on what I think the prosecutor should do, what I think the defense should do, any of those things, right? So I think the Gonzalez family, and uh, and it seems that the prosecution and the defense have both released the house. Um, and I think everyone can make their own opinion on that, but I can't comment on it because of the non-dissemination order. I understand. So. One of the things that's been hard to track, Shannon, is the timeline on the demolition because uh, you know, they said it was going to happen imminently at one point, which was quite some time ago, and now they're still removing items from the house, but it is still standing. Are they giving the families or you any more specifics uh, on a timeline? No, not really. I mean, you know, initially it was set to be demolished, and then the defense put a stop to it. 
And then they got a chance to go in and take a look at the house, things like that. And then um, the private items, the personal items were removed. A lot of the personal items were removed from the home. They were turned over to the families. Um, and then uh, they contacted us and said, hey, if there's any kind of furniture or large items that you might want that are still in the house. Um, and I was contacted uh, by the families and said, hey, Shannon, can you walk the house so we can see if what we want and what we don't want? Um, and they, basically the university said, no, uh, Mr. Gray, you're not going to be allowed into the house at all. Um, and we'll remove the items and then we'll let you know when you can pick those things up or get those things. And so, um, and throughout that entire time, uh, from the beginning, we've asked them not to demo the house. Mm. Um, so it's been going on for months, months of asking them. And every time they come back and they give us a, a date, it gets moved back. So I'm hoping that they'll just stop it. Well, so. we saw in Parkland, and granted, it's a different situation. More time has gone by in there, but... I mean, to see that some of these families are going to go inside that building, it just it breaks your heart. But at the same time, you can understand, you know, people want to see where where their loved one, you know, had their final moments. Uh, is that a discussion that's come up at all with with the Gonzaleses or any of the other families that you know in terms? I mean, would they eventually want to go inside? Well, remember, remember in Parkland, though, they know who did it. Yeah, they knew who the person was. I think he admitted to it. You know, they arrested him on the scene. Uh, and the jury still wanted to go take a look at the at the property, right? Yeah. This is a case where we don't know anything about the case. Uh, we don't have any facts about it. Uh, we don't know what's involved in it. Um, and so I think it's emotional for a lot of the families as well. It's the last place where their child was. And I think as part of the healing process as well, you may not want to step in that house now, but mm -hmm. maybe later you might want to take a look and just you know, just be where your child was the last time they were alive. And it seems very dramatic, but it's a very emotional. And um, you also, you know, the families, there's a need to stay connected to the people that were there, you know, Dylan and Bethany um, as being their roommates. I think the families feel there's a certain amount of bond there because they were there, right? And you can't explain it um, as... Uh, the victims' families, only the victims can go through that, that are going through that. But, uh, you know, there's a lot of value to it. I think there's a lot of evidentiary value to it. And then there's also the personal aspect of it for the families. And I would implore that anybody who has any influence on the University of Idaho, who's a graduate or uh, calls them and tells them to stop what they're doing and listen to the victims' yeah. families. Yeah, it's a really, really good point you make, Shannon. I mean, it, it does seem... It, like it's just so soon that they just sort of want to erase in a sense of what happened there almost from like a PR perspective. Okay, so that was Shannon Gray, attorney for Kaylee Gonzalez's family, obviously not happy with this decision to um, to tear down the house. Uh, very, very concerned about it. Um, I had a discussion with our News Nation legal analyst, uh, who, and she's also a defense attorney. Her name's Sarah Azari, and also former prosecutor Stacey Honowitz. It's interesting, a lot of times when we have these panels with defense attorneys and prosecutors, they don't agree on a lot and they kind of get into it. Um, but with this issue about whether or not the house should be t torn down, um, they actually fully agreed, saying that they don't believe the house should be torn down. Everyone sort of seems confused about the University of Idaho's decision. I want you to hear from uh, former prosecutor Stacey Honowitz first. 
I'm really quite flabbergasted to tell you the truth. I think it's very important. I can't imagine why the prosecution and the defense would not want to preserve this. Uh, Brian, as you know, you covered Parkland. You know it's down in Broward County where I am. The building is just going to come down now after this second trial after five years. And I'm, I'm concerned because I would think that as a trial lawyer, a prosecutor, and as a defense lawyer, and Sarah knows this, trials are so unpredictable. And that's why you do preserve the evidence. Now, we know, we know that with technology now, there's so many ways to bring certain evidence into the courtroom. But there's so many times when jurors do have questions, and you do, in the middle of a trial, move for a jury view. And we've seen it time and time again in high-profile cases. So like I said, you never know what's going to happen in a trial. You never know what's going to go on. And I think it's very important that this evidence be preserved. Sarah, does it benefit one side more than the other in terms of defense or prosecution? Because one thing I find interesting with this is it seems like everyone on all sides seems to agree um, that, you know, that it should stay. I mean, first of all, girlfriend just uttered my my half of my talking <laughs> points, okay? I mean, that that is absolutely the case here, especially in this case, uh, like Stacy said, you know, trial is such a fluid process and strange things can happen. And even though I, I kind of might understand why the prosecution, you know, it's their burden, it's their case in chief, and they might feel like they have no need for this home, but for the defense to not object to the demolition is absolutely baffling to me. Um, because to me, even though the house itself is not evidence, it has as much evidentiary weight as the evidence does. And so, look, uh, uh, Brian, I think whether or not it helps one side or another depends on the case. You know, um, in Murdoch, I think it, it would have been more helpful to the defense than the prosecution. Um, ultimately, that that was a wash. But here, I think it, it, it I think it's more helpful to the defense probably because you know there's, there's one of the biggest questions is the idea of how did Brian Koberger or the assailants enter this home, mm. how did they navigate to go to two different bedrooms and silently slay four different people and then walk out in such a short span of time? And so it's very critical for a jury to be able to do this field trip and to take a look for themselves and place the evidence that they've heard in this physical context. Is it possible for one person to do this in the way that it's described? And remember, Ryan, that the eyewitness, the surviving uh, uh, roommate, um, gave inconsistent statements about what she saw and heard. So, again, that makes it even more important for the jurors to be able to go there. Are you surprised, Stacey, because a big part of your career has been working with, with victims of crime. Are you surprised that this public university is ignoring, um, you know, these calls from the victims' families? And again, let's not forget, this just happened in November. I mean, this, it hasn't even been a year. Um, and despite the family saying, please don't tear it down yet, they seem insistent on doing it. Well, am I surprised? No. I mean, they have they want incoming students and they don't want something from a crime scene on campus. The interesting thing is this, you know, on a huge campus like that, to fence that area around, not everybody has to go by that house, unlike in Parkland, mm. where those kids had to go on campus every day and look at that building. There is a way around on a campus that people, students don't have to go by that house. So the whole thing really does not make sense to me. And, and to Sarah's point, to think that, you know, we don't have all the evidence in this case. And a prosecutor's job mm -hmm. is not just to seek a conviction. 
A prosecutor's job is to seek justice. And so, like I said, you have times in the middle of a case where you might think there's something rock solid and somebody says something different. And you might even say to yourself, you know what, I need to see that. I need to go out there. So I, I'm not surprised at this, but remember one thing. The court trumps what the university says. So the university can say right now, listen, this is our feeling. You march into court and you get that court order, that evidence is then preserved. Yeah, that's a really good point. Uh, I was just thinking, Sarah, I mean, can you imagine if during the trial, the jurors, um, you know, say, oh, but we want to know what you could hear from the downstairs if, if there was someone upstairs. Right. Or we want to see visually what it looks like. I mean, what if they ask to go to the house? Are they going to have to explain right. why it was torn down? Uh, yeah, and I, I would imagine, uh, I mean, almost everybody's heard about this case and what goes on in this case, and I'm, I'm sure the jurors would have heard what happened to this house. But yeah, that's exactly what we're saying is that there might, you know, that the need to see the house, to be in the house, um, might be necessitated uh, as this trial unfolds. And, you know, it, it, I mean, here we're dealing with the proprietary interest that the university has, or like you said, the PR interest that they have that, like Stacy said, we can work around. Um, versus the constitutional right of Brian Koberger, which, by the way, is for both sides. You know, the prosecution wants him to have a fair trial as much as the defense wants him to have a fair trial. So it's really, I mean, I think it's a no-brainer, but why not object to this? I mean, I think that the defense, and I listen, I've, I've commended Ann Taylor based on what I've seen in her filings. I think she's a great defense attorney, and I'm baffled at why she won't make an objection to this demolition, because at least she preserves the record. Mm. So that down the line, like you said, if there's a need to be there, and they've already said, we, we don't want this demolished, we're objecting, then, you know, they could potentially get a favor evidentiary ruling because that objection's on the record. But they're not even doing that. So I really don't know. I mean, the only thing that I can think of is that maybe there's something really not favorable to Koberger, and that's why, you know, that, that, that she's so certain um, that she's failing to object. But I, I mean, better to err on the side of caution in this scenario. So both Stacey Honowitz and Sarah Azari, former prosecutor and then a current defense attorney, uh, both agree the house should not be torn down. Again, a lot of confusion still about why the University of Idaho has made this decision. A lot of people wondering, is this almost like a PR, a public relations move? It doesn't look good for the university to still have the house standing and the students nervous and having to see it every day. But uh, it'll be interesting to see how this plays out. Um, back to Parkland again, where they left the school building standing. Um, after the trials wrapped up, and I say trials because there was a trial for Nicholas Cruz there, the shooter, and then there was also a trial um, for one of the deputies that did not go inside the building. After those trials wrapped up and they were finally going to tear the building down, they actually gave the families of those victims in Parkland the opportunity to go inside the building, which I can't even imagine how emotional that must have been. And I've gotten to know some of these families because I covered Parkland, like I was outside that building for a long time when the shooting happened. Um, so, so they gave the families the opportunity to go inside. Some of them decided to do that, uh, which I know it, it might sound just strange and difficult, but for these families, uh, you know, it's part of the grieving process for them to, 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 to go in and see where their loved ones died. Um, and some of them decided to do it. Uh, and, and recently got the chance to go inside. Um, and again, it, it seems like that's an opportunity the families in Idaho won't have uh, if the plans move forward to actually tear down the house 
um, on King Road. We'll of course be uh, keeping a very, very close eye on it. To see what I'm up to next, make sure to tune into News Nation. Uh, if you don't know how to watch us, I know we're still kind of new. You don't know where we are on the dial. You can go to www.joinnn.com. You just put in your zip code and the channel finder and we'll show you where to find us. And also don't forget, we are on all the streamers, Hulu, Roku, YouTube TV. Uh, and if you have a story you think that I need to know about, just find me on Twitter. You can shoot me a DM and I'll make sure to look into it. I'll catch you next time on Enten Across America.